You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast, from Two Guys Talking Horror. The vein of mental health is a strangely woven one, to be sure. The only stranger vein? The news! While we can all tune into any one of hundreds of news outlets worldwide now via the internet, back in the 1980s, there were a lot fewer ways to find out exactly what is going on. What if one of the ones that you tuned into told you what would happen in the future? What if the one you found out the future from had dark overtones? What if the source were cursed. We'll find out all about it and more during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete detailed educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 3. And now, the news. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, you're the host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. To YouTube or not to YouTube? We've been pointing all of you over to some available episodes of Friday the 13th, the series that were available on YouTube because it was convenient and they were there. And that way that the folks who did not own the series and didn't want to buy the series, they had a way of watching the episode so that they knew what we were talking about when Mm -hmm. we were reviewing them. Now, of course, these videos on youtube they, they weren't the greatest quality no but and they and they featured excellent excellent greek subtitles <laughs> but at least <laughs> there was something there well all of that is gone now youtube has done yet another purge of copyrighted material mm-hmm. unfortunately now all of the links that we set up in the show notes for each episode uh, that would point you to where you could watch this with us no longer work So, unfortunately, you're going to either just have to trust us during our retelling (laughs) or follow the link in the show notes to where you can purchase the series and buy a copy for yourself. Yeah, and I I have no shame at all pointing to people to go and buy this series. No, no. It's it's outstanding. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly inexpensive for what you're getting quality-wise, but also just what you're getting. Yeah. That you're getting all three seasons of the show Mm -hmm. for such a small amount of money which, again, the total currently right now is available over at our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. We'll make sure that the link is in there for each of the entries inside of the show notes. The Podcaster Matrix. As podcasting continues its growth, again, now 3 to 5% annually, which I think has been larger this year. I think podcasting has now finally become way more mainstream than it has been in any year of the previous 15 that I've been associated with it. So much so that now in almost every instance, you can have your cell phone now interact with your car so that you can listen to podcasts almost instantaneously while sitting down. Right. It, it's, it's, it, it amazes me and it encourages me to push everyone over to a service like podcastermatrix.com so that you can either start your own podcast, you can get your existing podcast hosted for a very small sum of money, or get some detailed, experienced help to get education about taking your podcast to the next level. 
Check it all out now, like Nick and I have, and do regularly over at podcastermatrix.com. Nick, I've got the straight jacket. Would you mind putting me into it so that we can listen to the news together? I would be delighted. And now to the retelling. A girl is being accosted by a doctor, some guy named after a bird. His name is Finch, with a snake. She's screaming in agony. And now we go over to Ward B, where more people are screaming in agony and being denied their pills. Mental health is not what it's cracked up to be, apparently. Inside of this ward, a female doctor, Dr. Carter, heads down to her safe to remove an old classic radio. It's playing soothing sounds from another age, but it's not plugged in. Chilling. After soothing his patient, Dr. Finch bids goodnight to the young snake-phobic lady as she lays down for the night in her room. And next to her is the radio. The call for lights out goes across the announcement system. Unfortunately, the radio announces that snakes have run amok inside of the entire hospital, putting her into peril, as per the episode requirements. Snakes begin to envelop the ward. They're all over her. Snakes of all kinds. It's amazing. At least in her eyes. The girl is screaming, but finally... She dies. She has no pulse. She's gone. And Dr. Carter is strangely satisfied. Meanwhile, over at the Curious Goods Shop, hey, it's a postcard from Jack. He'll be back in a week. There's also another note about a radio. A radio that's over at the local mental hospital that needs to be picked up from a former patient. Ryan and Mickey jump into the rolls to head over to claim the item. As they enter, they hear screams emanating from every corner of the hospital. Because that's what happens inside of mental hospitals. There are screams from every room and nook and cranny in the place. Nurse Exposition shares a variety of exposition that puts everything into place for the episode. They finally visit with the lead doctor, Dr. Finch, to see about getting the radio back from the hospital. The doctor isn't too sure where the radio is. Dr. Finch cannot help them and ushers them to the door from whence they came. They then decide that Ryan will go back in covertly. What could go wrong? Sounds like a good plan to me, Mike. Sounds incredibly sturdy. Dr. Carter is celebrating in yet another successful patient experience. But another jealous patient wants out. Now or else. Dr. Carter's wheels begin a turnin'. Dr. Finch calls Dr. Carter to his office. Dr. Carter to Dr. Finch's office. Dr. Carter to Dr. Finch's office. Dr. Carter begins laying blame to the many patients that have died inside of Dr. Finch's care. While Dr. Finch must congratulate Dr. Carter about all the excellent opportunities she's getting. Like public speaking engagements left and right. Like all of the patients that leave. He thinks it's luck. She affirms that it's all about deploying skill sets. Now it's time to talk about the recent release of a paranoid psychotic to a regular prison. How? How is she doing that? The bottom line here is that while Carter is continually telling Finch about his guilt-ridden stuffs, the radio is helping Dr. Carter accomplish her great things. Outside, Master Infiltrator Ryan breaks easily through the maximum security fencing. Oh no, wait! He doesn't! Ryan is electrocuted against the electrified fence and is then slammed into a stretcher. It's a very special electric fence, Mike, because it only works when it wants to. It's amazing, too, because it only knocks people out. That's great. No damage. It's time to treat the guy they found on the fence. Dr. Finch is now on to a new patient, someone who's apparently afraid of fire. How is Dr. Finch helping this fire-phobic patient? With matches. Obviously. But guess what? That's not working either. Why not? Meanwhile, back in the medical bay of this nondescript hospital, Ryan awakens to find Dr. Carter looking into his eyes. What's your name? What day is it? 
He replies, and then explains why he's there. You see, it's just a prank for a local frat, for a frat party. Dr. Carter reminds him that if he ever needs anything from the hospital, then he should ask. Otherwise, the police will be involved. Ryan is finally allowed to leave and chats up Mickey to talk more about how they can get the radio from the hospital. Time to head back to the shop to see if they can learn more. Meanwhile, back inside the incredibly dark, screamy hospital, the radio is sharing the near future with Dr. Carter to help ensure more, quote, success, end quote. The radio continues to tell her what to do next. Over at the Curious Goods shop, Mickey and Ryan find more details about Dr. Finch, Dr. Finch's continual path of death, and Dr. Carter's path of apparent success. It's amazing! They think Dr. Finch is the one responsible for all the death, but they're wrong, Mike. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. Back at the hospital, it's time to learn more about fire! During Dr. Finch's session, Dr. Carter interrupts to tell Dr. Finch that she'll be working on more of his patients. He won't have any of it. He doesn't trust her. Her instant fixes make absolutely no sense at all. You have to learn and then share the data with others. It's guilt versus the supernatural. And that's a short, windy road with lots of residual dead leftovers. It's time for Mickey to do what she does. Go undercover. Nothing like a plunging neckline inside of the sexual predator wing of an incredibly dark, unstable mental hospital. The security here is laughable, Mike. Incredibly laughable. (laughs) The radio shares details of what's to come with Dr. Carter tonight. She's written down the details to ensure success. She grabs the radio and heads to the firephobic man's room to give him his reward. She closes and locks the door. Music once again begins emanating from the radio. Inside the hallway, Dr. Carter accosts Mickey. Meanwhile, back in the firephobic cell, the radio starts talking about a massive fire that's out of control. Inside of the hospital now, burning all of the patients alive. When in reality, nothing is happening. Mr. Firephobic believes that he is in an absolute full-on fire-filled blaze and jumps out the window. Not to a fiery, but very quickly stopping death. Dr. Finch arrives into the room to find a broken window, but also an empty cell, a broken window, and a radio. Mickey's undercover job is cut short due to all of the falling bodies, Mike. Ryan and Mickey leave for the shop to return tomorrow. In another room, Dr. Carter is told by the radio that two more will die, another will be cured, and more. It's truly a radio that shares the dark future. The main doctor arrives to accost Dr. Carter. He shares his theory about what's going on. He is absolutely right. She's absolutely in the wrong. The radio starts to hum. He then is struck over the head with a lamp. He's out like a light. Get it? Lamp? Light? Out, get it? Ha 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 And now he's on a stretcher. And then he's being wheeled into the cell of a man that is apparently hungry or something. Time for yet another death, but this time it's Dr. Finch. Ripped apart. So sad. After the killing of Dr. Finch, Dr. Carter finds Mickey's business card. Conveniently troublesome, Mike. Incredibly troublesome. Why? Because the jig is up and a call goes out to Mickey. It's some man. It's an inmate who is wooing Mickey into the incredibly dark, screamy hospital. Mickey's death will, quote, free the inmate. It's for the best, says Dr. Carter. And the series of events now again begins falling into dark place. Mickey arrives at the dark, incredibly screamy hospital and is going in all alone. She's heading into the Thompson wing where apparently no one is going to be or have been in 35 years. Amazing. Meanwhile, Ryan is outside. Once again, you got it, climbing the fence, this time with plastic gloves. 
Great work! Science! The inmate seeks out and finds Mickey. The potential sexual assault of Mickey begins. She bites the bad guy and tries to escape and is screaming and kicking. Outside, Ryan trips the alarm. Mickey is able to subdue her attacker and runs. Ryan finds and then cold cocks the attacker, but then is also cold cocked himself by Dr. Carter. Mickey is collecting her thoughts in a nondescript room inside of the hospital someplace while Dr. Carter and the inmate are preparing something special for Ryan. While being strapped to a table, Ryan sees the radio, which starts to play soothing music from another age. The radio starts to tell of another dark near future history, of another cure, of another accidental death inside the hospital. Attempting to reach Ryan, Mickey is able to circumnavigate a couple of key-gripped orderlies searching for Ryan. Back inside the room, it's time for Dr. Carter to try to fry Ryan. But the power goes out. Yay for Mickey and her ingenuity. Ingenuity most cool. Dr. Carter and the inmate head out of the room to go and see who forgot to pay the bill. Meanwhile, back in the room, Ryan is twisting... Churning through his bonds. He's finally able to get loose, but the power is back on. <gasps> Dr. Carter arrives back in the room, but hey, so is Mickey, who runs inadvertently into the inmate, who ends up in the wrong end of Dr. Carter's extended arms that now hold the electrocuting diodes that end up electrocuting the inmate. <laughs> the radio then announces that everything will end including the life of Dr. Carter. Why? Because the amount of accidental deaths has not been reached. The radio continues to hum and shudder until eventually Dr. Carter explodes. Kapow! Not so spontaneous combustion, Mike. The radio finally goes dark, after which Mickey walks up to it and picks it up with no gloves or protection of any kind great work as the item is recovered as they bring the radio back to the curious good shop mickey and ryan take the radio to the vault and mickey wonders how long are we going to keep on doing this they can't stop but when is it going to get easier the radio rears to life, beginning the promise that the risk involved recovering the items can be minimized if certain restrictions are met. Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Let's focus on the goods. The mentally ill focus of this episode. Let's be plain. The way people thought about mental health in general back in the 1980s is something starkly different than what is showcased today inside of the modern mid-teen aughts. Yeah. And I can definitively say black and white. The showcase of, quote, a mental hospital where every nook and cranny of the hospital is not only stark white, but also cloaked in darkness and screams are emitting from every corner. Yeah. It wasn't that back then, and it's definitively not that now. This piece is absolutely that like the haunted house version of a mental hospital from the 1980s. Right. Where yeah. there's echoing screams inside of every nook and cranny of the place. Yeah. Well, it's it's a caricature mm, well said. of what some journalists have uncovered with the low the low rent places, you know, the places that aren't regulated by the government were atrocious. Oh yeah. So then you think all of them are like that, and that's just not the case. Right. Blanket statements suck. Right, right, right. So, so of course, this is, again, this is a caricature of what the horror genre would look at as the mental war. Yeah, the mental institution with all the crazies in it. Right, right yeah. Right. So, so the fact that our entire episode pretty much revolves around this facility, uh, it's something we haven't seen before in this show, and I, I really appreciated that. The, the other thing is, is that... Even though there were the staple screams in the night, <laughs> anytime you were walking through the halls, it wasn't played for this place is run down and pathetic and all of the 
the people who work there are just evil. That's another staple in horror and, and thriller films where an institution like this is concerned. All the orderlies are assholes and like either beating or raping yeah. the patients. The inmates, right. We don't get any of that here. Right. All of the doctors are kind of just there because they can't cut it in other jobs. So it's kind of like it's this or nothing. So they really don't care. That's not the case here either. This is an institution for the criminally insane. These people have done horrible things, but they have a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And you have at least one doctor, Dr. Finch. He does want to help. Yeah. Now, Dr. Carter, on the other hand, she just wants to help herself. Yeah. There's clearly a, there's a, there's an evil thread that runs through Dr. Carter. We'll talk more about her uh, inside this episode for sure. The item. A radio. Old-timey yeah, radio. Old-timey, but what I love about this radio is that it is also a caricature, I guess. Because even the face of the radio, they've made it so that the speaker grills on the front end mm. look like menacing eyes of a cartooning yeah. face. Yeah. If you're going to draw what would be an evil radio, it's very much what this would look like. And I think that that was incredibly apt and that they were able to light those appropriately when they needed to inside of this episode was phenomenal. <laughs> the, the only thing that would make it more evil looking is if the lights inside when it when it was activated wasn't just the uh, the normal yellow, yellow yeah. but uh, a red or maybe even a sickly green yeah that would have been the only other thing to say okay well that's an evil radio yeah. regardless of how it's showcased inside of this episode though it, it's a great centerpiece it has all kinds of gravitas that I, I don't I don't know that we've had another object that feels as weighty literally as as this one did inside this episode wood chipper of its size oh, oh i'm chipper. sorry wood chipper is is physically weighty <laughs> <laughs> the villain dr carter we've seen wonderful villains inside this show mm -hmm. particularly the the mid-season ones i really enjoyed a lot of those a lot of those villains because they're able to get to what is almost the top over the top notch yeah right and then halt and realize that it doesn't need to go any further than where they actually are what this actor is able to convey inside of this portrayal as dr carter is that she yearns for the success and because of the thickness of the yearning, every other eccentricity of what has to happen to get the success is out the window. Mm -hmm. And I love that. We're never really given an idea of her therapy skills before the episode. It's it's not like there was ever any dialogue that said, you know, so she was just a so-so therapist till she came to this hospital, and now she's been curing people left and right. We never got anything like that. It's just all of a sudden it seems like over the last year, every patient you touch is miraculously cured to where they can be transferred out of this ward and into a regular prison. Uh, okay, so we we don't what we're what we're given is then is this painting of a woman who is extremely ambitious, yeah. yeah, and wants to be the best, but she's she's taking the easy way out. She's using a cursed item. She yeah. never really has to get her hands dirty mm -hmm. until she actually murders Doctor Finch by shoving him into the room with the cannibal throwback evil inmate that we get glimpses of throughout the episode <laughs> yeah. and he's torn apart and it seems that once that happens when she's actually gotten her hands dirty that's when things start going downhill for her because now she's got a taste for it she becomes a little bit more arrogant when it comes to well i'm going to be able to get away with this no problem ha 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 and of course you know our heroes show up and just I, throw know, a I, monkey wrench. I, I hadn't even thought of that because the killing of Ryan would then also be her rather than mm -hmm. the radio doing the deed. I hadn't even thought yeah. of that. That's yeah, it wasn't the radio just doing a nice yeah. scare job on Ryan. It's it's she is now at the, the the level of violence has escalated and she's getting her hands dirty because 
She likes it. Yeah, that's very interesting. Anyway, Dr. Carter, a very interesting villain to add to the listing of very interesting villains inside of this show. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you find good inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought was good inside this episode. Now, just like every episode of Friday the 13th has goods, it also has the not-so-goods. Let's take a look at the few things that we found could have used a little bit of polish during this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Dr. Finch never had a chance. Now, me personally, I don't know if I would actually call this a full-on bad, but... Every time we see Dr. Finch, he's very disheveled. The hair is all over the place. <laughs> disheveled is being kind. He's, he's, the, he's one step away from looking homeless inside of every <laughs> single scene in this, in this episode. He, he never had a chance, man. Never, well, like, ever. And, and I think that is, it, it's all part of the character. So the director told the costumer, make this guy <laughs> look as pathetic as possible because he is so obsessed yeah. with his work. And the fact that he keeps failing somehow, he needs to look like he feels. We need to show the audience the internal struggle on the outside. Yeah. And and again, I don't know if I would call it a full-on bad, but it definitely shows you right off the bat that this character kind of is just life's doormat right now (laughs) in this. He's running the hospital, yet everybody except... Nurse Exposition thinks he's a joke. The only one in his corner is Nurse Exposition. Yeah. Everybody's just like, yeah, well, you know, Dr. Finch runs this place, but, you know, in a little while, Dr. Carter's going to be running this place because she's a success and uh, this guy keeps killing his patients. Yeah. This is extraordinary. This is the, uh, I was just, I was trying to think of another appropriate, to steal your word, caricature. This is the doctor that would be featured inside of the Quiet Riot music video, Bang Your Head, Metal Health Will Drive You Mad. Mm. I mean, it's totally appropriate. Disheveled, never quite put into one place, would love for the things that he's doing to help impact people appropriately, but none of it works at all. Even before we know what's going on inside of the episode, when we meet him and he's got he's got a this little snake... And that the screaming of that young woman at the front end of this episode, it's horrific. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's every single negative impact thought and connotation that you have about the bad parts of a mental hospital all shoved into every single minute he's trying to, quote, help people on screen. Right, right. Because it's terrible. Whether it's the first lady with the snakes, whether it's the guy with the fire, that one was equally as horrid, where obviously... I, I'm, I'm even one of those people that is the face your fear style people. I'll tell my daughter all day long, look, honey, you got to wash your face so that you don't get pimples. You want to have acne, blah. And she doesn't like that. She, it's never been anything like what we see on here. Right. But in my daughter's mind, it may as well be. <laughs> but it's terrible. And it is a it is a, a definitive caricature that I've never witnessed ever in my years of interpreting situations like this. Ever. Inconsistent security details. My goodness, where to start with this? Let's start with the one pane of fencing that apparently is not apparently secure, nor watched by anybody. So it's a fence, and on top of the fence, there's two rows of what appears to be barbed wire. Not razor wire, just barbed wire. Ryan is able to climb the fence, reach the top, and get a leg over the fence before the electricity kicks in. I'm not an expert, and I've never worked with a, an electrified fence, but... Nor have you climbed one. Nor have I climbed one, but I would have to say that that's not how electric fences work. <laughs> they're either electrified or they're not. They don't get to decide when they're electrified, 
It's not like somebody, oh, I forgot to turn the electric fence on. Let me flip. flip this one. And then that's what happens to Ryan. <laughs> like in Jurassic Park, right? Right, exactly. Like in right. Jurassic Park. But <laughs> but that's not what happens here. Or at least we're not shown that. Now, had we seen a, 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 a scene where some idiot orderly was like, huh, this isn't on. Click. And then Ryan. Okay, that would make sense. But that's too comedy based. Yeah here in a 80s horror anthology. Yeah. Your fence don't work right. You really need to talk to the contractor about that. <laughs> Your fence is offensive. There's not a lot of uh, <laughs> security. I mean, I'm seeing orderlies. Okay, great. But I'm not seeing actual security guards. I'm not seeing checkpoints. The way to get in and out of certain wings is you've got this Looks like a metallic card. You you slip it in, and that red light goes to green, and you get to walk through the door. But unless you actually close that door yourself, that door remains open because open. we we actually see <laughs> Mickey slip through a door yeah. because an orderly has opened it and just doom, 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 yeah. keeps on walking. The 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 concept of a, a Sally Port inside of this particular episode is missing completely. We'll we'll put a couple of links to what Sally Ports actually mean and do. For those that aren't familiar with what that means, if you remember the incredibly detailed and incredibly real-life showcase of Terminator 2, <laughs> you'll remember a whole lot more about what appropriate and real-life mental health security looks like right. because it is yeah that is very much what it looks like it's it, it has now become not nearly that stark and and white they have incorporated a whole lot of measures to try and put life into what was only a white hospital environment um, but just just know that there's a whole bunch of security measures that are missing and missing completely the other thing that is now incredibly prevalent inside of facilities like this is cameras so oh, that yeah all of these things, even if they were able to sneak in and or do something, it would all be on camera and then law enforcement would be involved and the game would be over. What does the radio do? During the episodes that we've watched so far in Friday the 13th of the series, there's either a very detailed explanation from some character mm -hmm. about what the cursed item actually does, or we get some sort of elaborate backstory that kind of gives us the idea of what it can do. Yeah. And it doesn't always mesh together well. This one, we don't get either. We kind of get to piece it together as we go along. So it does leave a little bit of, well, wait a minute. Is, is this what it's doing, or is this what it's doing? So it, one of the reasons why we actually have it here in the bads is because if we have to talk about it, if we have to actually go, well, what exactly does this thing do, then it's not explained very well. I agree. So the way that it would seem to us is that at some point in time, Dr. Carter comes across the radio after its previous owner dies, because the radio, I'm sure, killed him. And says, Dr. Carter, things could go very, very good for you here on the news if certain requirements are are, are met. Yeah. Which is basically, it can uh, even be I, we want de dead people. I want souls. Give yeah. me souls. Uh, essentially, what, what it can do is it can, it can start that off and go, Dr. Avril Carter has become incredibly successful due to the impact of her efforts inside of the so-and-so crazy hospital with screamy people in it. Right. The only thing that need happen... And then he lists off a bunch of need-to-happen deaths or something. Mm -hmm. And now she suddenly has the question mark in her head of what needs to be done. Yeah. And obviously that's something inside of the past we could have painted had this been, say, I don't know, a feature film or something. Yeah. But we don't, we're, we don't have that piece, that mechanism on the front end. So you don't actually know what the radio does at all. It's not dictated by a letter from... A previous owner. It's not dictated by a page of one of Jack's books. Right. If you boil it down from what you see, it's if you allow the radio to kill somebody, something good is given to you. Just like every cursed yeah. item. Which I'm fine well, with. Well, almost every single yeah. cursed item. But it follows the pattern of a cursed item yeah. for this show. Mm -hmm. 
the interesting thing about it, though, is the fact that the radio, the evil radio announcer voice tells the person in charge, this is what you have to do, and this is what you'll get. But it does it in this predicting the news type way. Yeah, dark near future news. Right, thing. right. I love so, that. so, yeah, that, that, that's a that. definite thumbs up. That's why the item itself was in our goods. But what it does leaves a little bit of head scratching because you actually have to pay attention and put all of the pieces together to really come up with the solution. Yeah, the other I think the other piece and probably the biggest piece that encouraged me to want to put this in the bads is the timeline. There is a definitive timeline, a deadline for lack of a better word, that is running mm-hmm. because that's when the radio itself literally says, "Nope." Oh, Sorry, time's up. You must die. Grab yeah, earlier me it says, you know, you'll you'll you're guaranteed your Nobel Prize after three more mysterious fatal accidents occur in the hospital. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. saying three more people have to die and you'll get your, and then your you get, it. You get right. your big hooray. And it's it's fun. And when that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. oh well, sorry, the news has decided to discontinue its contract. With Dr. Carter. Yeah, and what I love about that, that is, again, obviously missing because there's just simply not enough time, is that it is essentially a video game. And when you can take that, the peril of what's given to us in a really, really effective, good item like this radio, and put it inside of the classic video game realm of if you achieve these things, then you go to the next level. Right. And I love stuff like that, and it's a, it's a great mechanism thing, especially of things that need to be collected and then put back into the vault. I love stuff like that, and that's why I wanted to see something more from this item. Well, those are the things that we felt needed a little bit of work in this episode, but we want to know what you thought were not so good during this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Let us know by heading over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click the contact button, fill out the contact form, and give us your opinions. It's time to take a break during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We will be right back. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and a detailed educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, 
the series. This time, it's Season 2, Episode 3. And now, the news. Each time we come back from break, it's time to describe our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside the episode, or something else inside this episode that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got? My manifest moment for this episode has got to be the power of the radio. And when I say that, I'm referring to how it affects the people it's about to kill. Mm. And we only get two examples of this in this episode, which actually is kind of uh, disappointing. I would have liked to have seen more. I really would have liked to have seen what it would have shown Ryan when Ryan was strapped down. I like the playing off of fears, personal fears. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that right off the gate, the first person that dies in this episode is afraid of snakes. I'm not crazy about snakes either. So I don't need to see a whole damn room full of snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Why did it have to be snakes? But the fact that they see snakes everywhere, but when the doctors and the nurses walk in and the person has died and died of fright, there's nothing there. There's no evidence that there was ever any snakes at all. Same thing with the second death where it was fire. The whole room was ablaze. The guy was ablaze. But he didn't die from fire. So scared of the fire, he rips the metal mesh off of the the window so that he can jump out the window. So yeah. that's that's fear. And man. even the uh, the doctor, and obviously this is just a piece of storytelling, but the doctor literally says he was dead before he hit the ground. Dead before he hit the <laughs> ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm very appreciative of creative cursed items and how they work. Very similar to the Quilt of Hathor. Mm. You know, mm. you snuggle yeah, yeah, up yeah. Yeah. and you have a dream and you die similar in the real world to the way that you were murdered inside of the dream. I really enjoyed that aspect of those episodes from season one. Mm-hmm. This episode gave me something very similar. And that is why it's my manifest moment. Yeah, that's a great one. Mine is akin to that in that my manifest moment for this episode is... The radio. The impact of radio in general, especially for we podcasters, is that there's a a one-to-one relationship because you and I sit and talk into microphones. Right. And talk into microphones regularly. And that's kind of where it all disappears into something completely different. Mm -hmm. In that you and I have no time limit. We could sit here and talk about an episode for three hours if we wanted to. Right, yeah. And as long as we're engaging the audience and they'll listen to three hours of us talking about a show that was 43 minutes, well, guess what? They'll listen and they'll continue coming back and we'll have continued success like we have now. Where in radio, it just does not work like that. It is a it is a completely different mechanism governed by a completely different series of ruling dynamics yeah. that don't harness us here inside of podcasting. It's not why I throw radio into the evil bin, but often I do. What I also note about the radio inside of this episode, though, is that it is a perfect sample of why I know absolutely, without question, that this series could be revisited in the future as a rebooted series. Yeah. All you'd have to do is have an appropriate cameo by any of the people that are still left over that were inside the show, and then feature some really excellent things just like this one inside of it where there is a there is a hearkening back to an age that is no more i.e classic radio the old time of everybody gathering around the radio to not only get informed like you do from this one but to be entertained the entertaining component of radio is still something that everybody gloms onto if you're not listening to your phone via the entertainment system inside of your car currently mm. well then you're listening to radio to be entertained and so it it's a it's an ongoing thing perhaps even a future rebooted episode could be a car radio not unlike what they show inside of the feature film Christine where what the hell is going on with the car right. where in reality it could have been what the hell's going on with the radio? 
anyway, the, the radio is incredibly well represented here. We've already talked about the lights. We've talked about the shape. We've talked about the visual heft of what you see in regard to the radio. But the actual radio, the, what you see inside this episode is unmistakable and has incredible impact. Mm. That's why it's my manifest moment. That's where we ask you guys, what's your manifest moment from this episode? Season 2, Episode 3. And now, the news. Tell us your newsy item over at our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Ah, the land of words inside of vocabulary for this episode. We've only got one, but it is a good one. Inside this episode, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, our vocabulary word is... Psychopathy. Psychopathy is any disease of the mind. The psychological state of someone who has emotional or behavioral problems serious enough to require psychiatric intervention. So pretty much how I feel after podcasting with you. (laughs) That's got to be it. This is a very interesting word, and what I also dug up looking for words was a study of 472 students of 14 years of age that talk about mental health in general. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to Nick for the show notes inside this episode because while I have not been able to read through all of it, some of the results in the vocabulary words that were pulled or extracted from that study are very, very interesting. And it showcases where people drift in regard to what they're talking about in regard to mental health Mm -hmm. and what is inside of mental health. We briefly looked at it, and I'm still surprised that some people still consider the term crackers to signify mental illness. Because that was a term I used when I was a child. Yeah. And you're going to find it very, very interesting. Again, I don't support and foster any of the conclusions because I've not read anything inside of it. But looking at the vocabulary words that were collected and struck inside of that study, very, very interesting portrayal of what people think Mm -hmm. about mental health. That's what we ask you guys. What vocabulary words did you extract from this episode? Season 2, Episode 3. And now, the news. Let us know by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary you recognized inside this episode. Episode rating. Ah, the rating. Our time to judge what this episode provided us in regard to satisfaction. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Completely cleansed of any mental problems of any kind whatsoever. A one is on the other side of the scale. Being shocked to death inside of one pane of electrified fence. A seven's right in the middle where everything starts. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what have you got? I have to say that This one was a surprise because every time I started to scoff at, oh, well, how how big of a disbelief pill am I going to have to take? There's actually lines of dialogue from characters that kind of support the either absurdness to how Dr. Carter is just, yep, I'm curing these people and I'm not telling you how I'm doing it. Well, Dr. Finch actually calls her out on that. It's like, you, you can't just do that. This profession is built on your research and then sharing the research with others so it can be applied. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you get to just corner the market on. Yeah. Isn't uh, it funny that the failure doctor inside of this episode was the voice of reason? True, but the only reason why he was a failure is because she was She's using a cursed yeah. object. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Dr. Finch was using the patient's fears to try to unlock the overall problem with their psychosis Mm -hmm. is something that is used today. Yeah, It's just these patients had their phobias wrapped up in why they kill people. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the fact that despite this place needing a hell of a lot better security, (laughs) the practical stuff between characters totally made sense for me this go-round. It made the episode a hell of a lot more enjoyable than some of the 
clunkers in the past, I have to rate this episode a nine. I I really enjoyed this episode mostly because when it's all said and done, we get most of the exposition we need from the device itself. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And I don't know that I actually realized that until I was just looking for what I really enjoyed the most about this episode. Mm. And while I want to say it was the radio, it was actually what the radio was doing and saying. Yeah. It is it, it is painting the picture that needs to be fulfilled, asterisk. Right. But only fulfilled for the person that is being talked to by the radio right then. Mm-hmm. Because as we get further on in the episode, the radio then makes a proposition to Mickey. Yeah. So, oh, you got a problem with all these cursed items that you got to collect? How about this? Yeah. I can promise <laughs> you the acquisition of all cursed items with no risk to you whatsoever as long as a couple of stipulations are met. Yeah. Oh, you mean murder. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and it's very interesting because what, what I also love, too, is that you and I right now, as well as the audience listening to us, are in the exact seats that the people that were writing this episode were in. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I love that. Any time they can take the storytelling and the way that something was written and apply it to what we're thinking right now, that is a home run for me. It instantly makes me want to go, wow. I feel like without being part of the writing process, I am part of the writing process. I love that. It's uh, it's that akin thinking thing that I don't I know I don't see it often enough, especially in modern day television. Mm-hmm. But I love it when it does happen or I get surprised. And inside of this episode, the dark near future storytelling piece is a piece that was a complete surprise. Yeah, I love this episode. I also give it a nine. That's where we ask you guys, what did you give this episode? Season two, episode three. And now, the news. Let us know what you think by going to our website over at Curious Goods Podcast. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us what you thought. You know, Nick, I'm kind of done with all this podcasting stuff. Let's, uh, oh, here, let's turn on the radio quick. Wow, Mike, what a incredibly antique-looking and ornate classic radio you have sitting on the table next to all of our podcasting equipment. Yeah, don't worry about it. It doesn't need to be plugged in. But no? And now, the news. The satisfaction of an audience listening to this episode can be guaranteed if certain conditions are met. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. All right. Well, wait a minute. Yes. In the version that you have sent me, I have no intro. It just goes straight into oh, your retail. I don't have an intro. Sorry. <laughs> it's the whole thing of not doing it in order and what oh. happens. All right. So let's type up the intro. Let's see here. <laughs> we will return back to the news <laughs> in a moment. But first, Mike Wilkerson must pull an intro out of his ass. <laughs>